name's Trevor Strunk Hagelbot on Twitter, and I have with me today long recurring guest, uh, someone you all haven't heard in this space for a while, but I get to talk with every week um, because I am lucky. Uh, it's it's Dia Lucina. Hello, Dia. How are you? Hi. It's fun having a Thursday night where we do our thing together. We do our Discord call, and you're introducing me for the first time. I know. In God. I remember our next podcast was actually supposed to be us doing Flower, Sun, and Rain. And um, that um, materialized because yeah, neither of us could get our shit together enough to finish Flower, Sun, and Rain. We should probably finish Flower, Sun, and Rain at some point. We like should. That, that, that's a great game. And uh, and I liked starting it. And then uh, I feel like we started it like right around Christmas time, which was a very funny thing for us to do. Right. I think, um, I think that should be our summer project. We should have a thing for the end of summer. So like in like... Mid late mm. August, we do uh, a flower, sun, and rain cast. I like that. I think, I think that's a great idea. I think it's good. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's summer feels like the time you can finish a game that is either, um, well, I don't know if you can you pirate a, a just a, a, a DS. Is that piratable in the same way a 3DS is? Can you hack your DS? Is what you're asking me? Yes, you can hack your DS. It's easy. Anyone can do it. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so I mean, having a having a portable copy of it, I mean, I mean, in summer is just like you know, you can sit out on the porch and play it. Yeah, know? no, I was just gonna say, I was like, you know, it's it's perfect timing for you know, we'll have the summer, the the 3ds store will be gone, and you know, will be gone. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's gone now, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's bye, bye 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 3ds store. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I hope you've been, uh, you've all been hacking your your 3ds because it's easy; anyone can do it. Um, and if you need help, just, just, just message me, just, just at me on Twitter and I'll just send you the link to the 3ds.hack.edu or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> See, Diaz even doing the nice thing of not saying like, if you need help, just Google it. No, but I will, I saying, will, I will give you the link. If you cannot Google it yourself, you tweet at me and I will send you the link because it is easy. The only thing you have to do is not fuck up like I did and decide, well, I'm going to get the 256 gigabyte micro SD card and put every fucking game on it. Because actually one, you don't really need that many DS games or 3DS games all at once. And two, um, it kind of like gets a little wigged out if you do a, a memory card that big. <laughs> you want a smaller memory card. Yeah, I bet. Um, I feel it like, did, I feel it like did not play well. Like It was like, what the fuck do you think this is, a Switch? And I was just like, I don't know, man. Maybe it is. My, Maybe my Vita could, or my, my PSP and Vita could handle the big ass cards. Like what? You're playing, you're playing with Nintendo at this point. You're not playing with something that has power. Um, yeah, I, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. I would make that exact same mistake because I would want all the games. Yeah, no. And like, I was just like, at the end of it, I was just like, okay, well now like my PSP and my Vita both are, or my switch and my, um, uh, Vita both have, you know, 512 gigabyte SD cards. Cool. Fine. I'll install yeah. the world on them. And if you ever need them for something, you can always just take them out. Yeah. And then I got like a 64 gig. A 64 gig works fine. Um, just don't go over 128 is my advice. Okay. okay don't go over 128. You've heard it here first, folks. Uh, but or, or you should hack it because maybe then you can play all of the like the first three uh, Etrian Odyssey games. I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought of you, because one of the things where they were like, hey, you know, if if you're if you're if you're looking at the the DS, the 3DS store, I want to buy something. One thing you could get is 
um, the fourth entry in Odyssey game because it's eight hundred dollars everywhere else. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, Dia likes Etrian Odyssey. And then I thought Dia would want me to pirate Etrian Odyssey. Dia would want you to uh, pirate Etrian Odyssey. Dia would also say the fourth one kind of sucks. Um, just oh, play no. three. Like I've, I, no one has time to play all of the Etrian Odyssey games. Well, not when Bat and Kaitos is already coming out. No, I mean, sure, so. you really don't have time to play. You fucking point when play Bat and Kaitos on top of Etrian Odyssey. Um, <laughs> uh, just play three if you're gonna. If you only have time to play one, like hundred hour dungeon crawler. Just play three. Three is an incredible game that does a lot with the formula and has a pretty great storyline. Um, mm. <clears throat> okay. If you can play, you know, multiple, just play the first three. And if you uh, become obsessed, I suppose you could play the four. If you could play, you could play all of them. Like if you if you really get that pressed, play all of them. But I would, I would branch out and play something else. Like go play. Um, wow. Like at that point, just go get a Vita and play some other games. But um, the first, at least the first three, um, have DLC soundtracks that you can get that are like um, Yuzo Koshiro did like PC88 <laughs> soundtracks oh, wow. for them, and they rule. That's they really fucking cool. rule. Get the DLC, patch your game, listen to those. The 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 orchestral like mixes are great. They're fine. Actually, they're not orchestral, but they're like real real instrument synths. Um, they're good. They're great. You could totally do okay. that if you don't feel like patching it. But the PC eighty eight mixes are phenomenal. Um, okay. I mean, I believe that. That's PC actually fantastic. I can't remember if they're PC eighty eight or. I don't want to be wrong about that. Not on a podcast. If you're wrong um, on a podcast, they they'll find out. No, the FM arrangements. That's what they are. That's right. Which is okay. PC eighty eight. Like that's, that's <laughs> we just didn't get that here. But um, yeah, they're they're like uh, they're like you know they sound like what you would get from like a DX seven uh, processor, okay. and they're great. They're just because like you know you could read my article about Yuzo Kashiro and the Genesis sound chip um, on PaceMagazine.com. Um, but he is the fucking master of of the FM synthesis. Um, and those that's soundtracks right. are incredible, especially when you're grinding for hours on end. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like it's like, like you could listen to a soundtrack, or you could listen to the fucking Etrian Odyssey soundtrack. I mean, that's just, but that's the that's the joy of grinding in like those kinds of games. Like I remember doing that in um, God in um, oh uh, 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 SMT Nocturne. SMT3. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of grinding in that, but like it, it's not the best sound. It's not like quality-wise the best soundtrack in the world, but the vibes are immaculate. And you just feel good listening to it. And you can kind of get into a space. And it's just like when there's a nice music behind there, it can it can really make grinding in RPGs like kind of lovely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I guess this isn't surprising for most people listening to the podcast, but if it is, so we can uh, vibe to the Megumi Tensei soundtrack with grinding. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this actually gets us into our our, our topic, which is uh, spending. Now you just checked. Uh, we recently beat uh, the main game and DLC of um, the the inimitable uh, Dark Souls Two, um, Scholar of the First Sin. Yeah. Uh, how many hours did it take us? Eighty nine hours. Two minutes and forty-seven seconds is our total runtime. Okay, that's a that's that's a that's a long that's a long game. 
That is a lot. I mean, we, that is a long game. That's I almost 100 cool hours. Thing, I think the coolest thing about it is that we uh, <laughs> we we uh, also recorded all of it. Um, and you put the, you put it out. Uh, this was something that you put out, not me. Um, uh, and and it, it's like impressive and and uh, just like massive, uh, like impressive, not because I did it, but impressive because it was done at all. Um, and I think you playing through it and being patient with it is impressive. But um, I would I, the one thing I want to ask you is and, and, you know, it's a little hard right now because I think towards the end. Uh, anyone's focus would wane a bit uh, going going through the the awful uh, the awful moments of uh, of trying to figure out Elium Lois. Um, but how did you like? How do you think? I'll, I'll ask you for you, and then we can talk about both of us. But how did you maintain your focus in a game like this that has so much meandering, so much back and forth, um, and 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 power through? Uh, what is probably your like fourth playthrough <laughs> of this game? So this is this is this is the 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 like the the thing about like let's plays is that with a normal let's play, um, there is the duty to the audience, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of like you know when I played when I did Dark Souls one, um, or you know even Dragon's Dogma, which I was basically doing kind of in my head, uh, despite the fact that like with Dragon's Dogma I did have. You know, the the I had um, M and Jackson from Abnormal Mapping. They came in and did an episode. I had um, some technical problems where I had um, uh, I needed to have other people come in and re-record the audio. Yeah, I did I, one of those. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so I did have I had some uh, kind of what I called it the the um, exquisite corpse episodes where I chopped it right. into thirty minute segments and gave like five people each a half an hour. Um. But like those were predominantly me um, with a controller just talking into a microphone for two, two and a half hours ago. Um, And those always felt um, like they were fun. I enjoyed doing them. Um, I did feel like I kind of got that they they still got away with me because even though I was like, well, the audience, I'm, I'm doing this for the audience. I have to, you know, be respectful. I can't make these five hour episodes uh, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't sit through that. Um, and I need to like, not like dick around and waste time and stand in the middle of a field, like, you know, not knowing what to do next. So there is a sense of, you know, needing to maintain a certain tempo, a certain rhythm, um, and a momentum, um, with each episode, um, right. which, which does mean you can't just kind of pick it up idly. Like, you know, we scheduled our Thursday nights where we would, we would play dark souls. Yeah, it was like it was our version of a of a D and D session. Essentially. Like, yeah, basically, every we're meeting this time every week, and like that, you know, that was really helpful. But like when I was doing them solo, I was, you know, I could just kind of I'd, I'd pick them up when I had the verve to do it, because I needed to be able to like be like, okay, I have the right time right now for two hours where I can be focused and I can think about this, and I can put it together an episode. Um, but there were some times where I was like, no, I can't do it this week. I'm just like, my brain is shot. Um, and that's why like, um, you know, Dark Souls one, it's a much, I think the runtime on that's probably a lot shorter, but ultimately that was still 34 episodes because, um, Dark Souls one was just like predominantly just me. You came on for some episodes. Uh, I had Jackson on for some episodes. I had M on for the DLC, uh, 
Michael Lutz came in um, here and there, like one for one episode. Um, so some people did pop in, uh, but a lot of that was actually when I was getting kind of fatigued um, right. and I was losing my focus. And so it really does help um, to have a co-host for these kinds of things, especially these longer games that are stressful. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think Dark Souls is difficult by any stretch of the imagination. I think there is lots of ways around things. I think eventually everyone can kind of power through it, find a build that works for them, you know, whatever um, you need to do, summoning, uh, et cetera. At least up through the DLC. I feel like there were moments in the DLC where I felt like the game had become too The hard. DLC, yeah. And like, I mean, I guess the main game, it's it's any, you know, the, the DLC is, is kind of often like its own little territory. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like, you know, there is the one part of the like the <laughs> the last DLC where I was just like, I'm not doing the thing where we have three episodes just trying to clear this one path in the snow. Right. I will show. I will. I will go down this path, and then the instant I die, I was done. I was like, no, okay, we're done. I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not here for completion. This is not the point of video games. Is not 100%ing everything and platinuming things. That is not a metric that I have ever aspired to or believed in. What well, goes back to your thoughts about like the duty to the audience too, where it's like, okay, what is the duty? If the duty is to to show them everything in the game, that's one thing, and we would have to do it. Um, but for you and and the way we were playing, well, for both of us when we were playing it, it's like, well, that's not really the point of this though. Like the point of this is to show as much as we want to show them, right? Um, um, but but to, to get back real fast, we'll just kind of because I'm you're getting oh, long winded here. Um, no, no, but the, not on this podcast. <laughs> the, there's a duty to the audience with the solo let's play, right? When you're when you're by yourself, you can you can you know, oh God, like I don't even know how many hours I've got in my Dragon's Dogma let's my Dragon's Dogma playthrough on my PlayStation Four. Like that's just mm -hmm. 200 hours easily. Like it's just right. me fucking around doing whatever. Um, but like you know, when I do Dark Souls with an audience. I need to be more focused because I've got the audience. But when I have a co-host, when I bring a friend on and I'm like, hey, I know you. I, 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 I am tight enough with you that I want to share this like, you know, recording experience with you. And you are giving up an hour or two of your time to do this with me. I really feel like I have a duty to you then to make mm -hmm. it count and to not fuck Just around, you know, as much as possible. <laughs> Even though there are episodes where we spend an hour talking about, like, you know, the wainscoting in a room. Well, yeah, and I think, like, it, it's interesting, though, because, like, I definitely felt that same responsibility to the project. Like, okay, Dia's having me on, and, like, I want to I wanna reward that, that I want to, like, you know, not reward, but, like, fulfill that trust in my abilities to do this by, like, you know, actually, like, having something to say. And I feel like that that explains a lot of why it was, it was easy to sync up on moments like talking about the wainscoting or like, you know, in the middle of just like clearing out the iron keep being like, yeah, like this is, you know, this is a time we can all just sit and chat um, and like talk. Like it wasn't necessarily about like the, you know, the, the, the sublime content of grinding or like, you know, whatever. It really was just like, okay, like we're, what what is what is interesting about this? Let's just break it down. I think that was like kind of at the forefront of any time we were recording. And like, yeah, there were times where it was like just us chatting for sure. But that's kind of any game. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing is, I think, you know, the important thing was 
you know, when I was doing Dark Souls one, um, I, 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 I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like, you know, push myself on anyone. I didn't want to like commit anyone to like being like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. And no, I'm not going to be, you know, I don't have any money to pay you. I just want, you know, do you want to give up an hour or two of like your week to doing this thing with me? And I didn't really like, you know, I was like, no one's going to do this. No, I shouldn't. I can't ask anyone to do this. Maybe mm-hmm. once in a while, like someone will, you know, people like kind of, you know, were like, yeah, I'd love to like come on and talk with you through an episode. I was like, okay, sure. Why not? um you know invited you on um and like it was really that that episode <laughs> where we were doing Gwendolyn for oh yeah you know was fun. two hours of that boss fight and I was just like oh my god this is um you know th- like my 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 soul is leaving my body remembering uh how my soul left my body during that bot those boss runs but like you know, I had a great time talking through you with that process to the point where it, you know, it felt like nothing. Like it was just like, this yeah. is, this was the most fun I spent smashing my face against a boss. That's just annoying me for hours on end. Um, and everyone was like, this is, this is great. This is incredible work. <laughs> Do more of this. And I was just like, all right, fine. I'll bring Trevor back. Cause like we have a great rapport and I had fun and people like it. Um, and it really Thanks. made yeah, for. I, know. I I was super. Yeah, after that one, I was I was in to do whatever. That like, was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's when I was just kind of like you know, I was like going through. It's like you know, I I, I could there you know, um, I was like I was like, I was like you know, like it got to the end of it, and I was kind of like I think I want to just ask Trevor to do all of Dark Souls two with me, and like everyone was kind of like I talked, they'd broached with it. They're like they're like what do you like you know what do you think like you know I think Trevor would do it. I think they'd be up for it. Like, you know, he, he, I don't think he'd say no. I think he'd be on board and, and everyone was just like, yeah, dude, you should, you should, you should ask Trevor because like this episode's fucking roll. <laughs> and it's better than you just sitting there kind of like being like, oh, the fucking Wayne's Cottick by yourself. Um, <laughs> well, and I think like, you know, we, we joked around a lot about, um, well, I'm also very, it's very sweet that people, um, enjoyed it that much and had, had faith in me too, to make the right choice and, and agree. But, uh, um, you know, like it, I feel like we, we talked a lot about how in, you know, many of those episodes where we're looking at the wainscoting uh, or looking at like sculptures or kind of like, you know, taking a look at the roots in a place and being like, oh, what, what does this tell us about the bed of chaos? Um, I feel like on some level it was also like we would call that podcasting. And it's like, yeah, that was a, that was a gag or a bit, but it's also kind of true in that like. It ended up being it ended up doing the thing where where um, the podcasts do sometimes where it's like, yeah, you know, we're we're talking about something. But since we're talking about it with each other, it doesn't get um, too overwrought. It's always conversational. So it's always kind of light. Um, And I, I feel like the problem with Dark Souls or the problem with some iterations of Dark Souls is that it gets too um, too heavy. Like everything has to be some sort of like, you know totally spiritual experience or something like that. Whereas, you know, we could be talking about things that are spiritual or have some sort of like heaviness to them. But in that we're like throwing ideas back and forth at each other. It was, I didn't just feel, but it was conversational as opposed to sort of didactic. And I think that was like, that was a big part of, um, I, I never felt like I was bored with dark souls too. Um, 
because of that. I mean, I was glad you, you skipped that part. Uh, <laughs> was. That, that was a really good idea. That would have been a lot. Uh, we kind of needed to be done with the game at that point. But um, I mean, it's it's fun because like I my, my friend Patrick Dubuque, I mentioned this to you, um, lovely writer, um, uh, baseball writer primarily, but did a little bit of writing for, for no cartridge with video games and just a, a really, really smart guy. Really, really uh, nice guy. Uh, he uh, he messaged me on on uh, Gmail and was like, yeah, like. I'm a year behind, but listening to your episodes with Dia uh, while I work and just like commenting on stuff that happened ages ago. Like, Oh, I think the, my favorite comment was like, well, he was, he, he at one point he's like, I'm like screaming at the screen. It like she's poisoned. She's in the swap. She uses these crystals all the time, but she won't pop one. She's poisoned. She's going to lose to the rotten. Like what is going on? And he's like, I have to tell you, I'm yelling, even though I would do worse. This is like how I interact with sports too. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. Um, but then like my favorite comment was when you when we had Derby. Oh, you actually this was this was a you thing. You 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 were like, we gotta change, we gotta change stats. And Derby became uh Derby the the sword master as opposed to Derby the Hexer. Um and and Patrick said, uh, this is like when this is like when Michael Jordan went back to basketball from baseball. Like it's like, okay, let's stop fucking around. Like <laughs> We gotta, we gotta bring it back to where it is. And I feel like, on, on some level, like I can't claim credit for for Derby's character because on any level, because that like that's something you brought to the the Dark Souls one playthrough, and I think that's that's something that like is very much embedded in that. But I also feel like, um, you know, having Derby as sort of like a third chair in a sense, or like a character where we're like, huh, what's she gonna do? Like, or, or, or what are they gonna do? Or like, what's Derby going through right now? Um, I feel like that helped in some way. Like it, it gave a personality to the game that wasn't just like, you know, like, Ooh, like drank, like uh, time moves slowly here. Uh, it was something a little more. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Derby becoming almost kind of a cipher, um, like this, like avatar come cipher where we can mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's like, it's almost like Derby's like, you know, um, like a, uh, I guess I like kind of like almost like a fulcrum that like you can put two, two, we, we both have our own dynamism and our own kind of, you know, agencies, you know, our, our, our own agental, uh, interests. And then Derby is kind of this like third mediating interest where like we both have kind of a vision of Derby in our heads that like mm -hmm. aligns in some ways, in some ways we are different just because we are, are ourselves are different. Yes. Um, and so what we project onto Derby, then Derby ends up kind of manifesting that and then building out new, you know, positions for us. And so like Derby is this kind of synthesizing agent um, that like allows us to like, you know, kind of access the game in ways that we might not ordinarily, like I'm not, I'm not a two-handed swords person. Yeah. Like when I play Dark Souls, traditionally I am not a Zweihander. But when I was doing um Dark Souls the Dark Souls one playthrough, and I was just kind of like, you know, Derby, Derby wants to use this the boom hand, the boom cannon. Yeah. And like it 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 really felt that way when we were heck we were going hex build, because it's like something about this doesn't feel 
Yeah, and like that was in right. a way that was me projecting. I was like, I was like, nah, Derby, I want to do, I want to do the hex build because like, you know, part of me like I was wanted to do the hex build, and then I was kind of back porting my like thoughts on like Derby and onto that, and then I was just kind of like, this doesn't, this doesn't work. Derby's not feeling this. Derby is not, you know, Derby's not feeling like a hexer, and yeah. Um, and then we switched. <laughs> like it was just like, yeah, there we go, and that was like the last time when I was pushing back on it, and like my it was like. Partially gamer brain, partially wanting a change, partially trying to like kind of control the concept of Derby more than, you know, is potentially warranted. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, nah, we're going to do Claymore, uh, Fire Claymore, and <laughs> Pyromancies. And we're going to, that's what we're going to change up. We're going to be Light Armor. Um, and this is, that, that was, was so funny. funny. And that was so, it was so funny because it was so bad. And like it felt wrong the entire episode. And then like the next episode, I was just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Derby hates yeah. this. Derby. It's like trying to make your child go to like, you know, like violin camp. And they're like, I want to go take Taekwondo. Yeah. And it's exactly. just like, okay, we'll take you to fucking Taekwondo. Cause like, this is clearly, this is not working for you. Well, and it was funny. Cause like, it was like, you were, you were clearly frustrated with it and like, it wasn't working for you. And I think it might've even been the, the end of the episode where you were like, maybe, maybe, Something's not, something, I don't yeah, know. I think it was with the, end like, of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And like instantly when it switched, it's like, oh, okay, phew, there we go. That's, that's what we needed. It like, it, I, I don't, I can't remember a time where I was streaming or doing anything like that where, where I quite felt that way about a, a character that I had, that I had been with for a while. Maybe when Andrew and I did Nocturne, like I felt a little bit like with like that, but it, it's a little different because. Demi Fiend and Nocturne has his own kind of personality, whereas Dark Souls, you're supposed to be like a cipher, kind of, um, as you said, or 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 a blank a blank sheet. Um, and like I, you know, I definitely didn't feel that way streaming Dark Souls one and two back when I did. Like it was just a, a character that I I min maxed essentially, or just played how I wanted to play. Um, and I think you know some of that some of that feels like you're bringing it in from uh, you know if I put on my my interviewers cap uh, some of it feels like you're bringing it in from um from the dragon's dogma playthrough as well with uh with booty bandit um who like is is absolutely her own thing as well and like i i feel like on some level um you know that that like you know uh, i don't know urge to have a character who is not connected to the gamer themselves is a really unique approach to, to any sort of like, I mean, any sort of gaming really, but especially like a let's play. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's funny. Cause like, so like booty bandit, booty bandit is ultimately the projection of like, you know, myself as guts from berserk. Mm. Like, let's be, let's be completely real here. Booty bandit is OCD is like, you know, is, is Mary Sue Dia as guts. I don't think there's any question about that for most people who watch that. Like, let's play. It's just, you know, she won't be big. She want to hit shit with the big hammer. Mm -hmm. um, we, I, I, you know, I, I love and respect my friends. So when they tell me that, well, you know, the hammer's great, but we really like when, when Booty Bandit uses the sword. Um, and so Booty Bandit uses the sword. Uh, but like really in her heart of hearts, Booty Bandit is all about the the hammers and the mesas. Uh, which mm -hmm. is in completely a me thing. Um, uh, Dia and D and D was, uh, you know, 100% um, cleric or berserker with 
um, big clubs and mesas and warhammers, um, like hundred percent of the time. Um, love me, love me blunt damage. Um, <laughs> oh, it's good. But like, that's why like Derby, Derby like really took to that fucking sword. And I was just like, fucking Derby wants to cut shit in half. Like, let's do it. Well, it's even when we had the maces and it was like, we were playing, fading out a lot of knights and we're like, blunt damage would be really good right now, but we don't use blunt. We don't use blunt. Derby doesn't, Derby is not into the blunt damage. Derby was done with that. It is funny because I think one of the things, so two things come up constantly as, um, uh, oh, before I forget, actually, I wanted to say, um, you know, one of the things about, about this, that was super rewarding for me. That's never really happened for me before. Uh, I think just because of the nature of like the content I make, which is fine. Um, I think like people, people definitely enjoy it. I'm not trying to say that, but like, uh, and I appreciate that, but the, the people who were watching your streams would sometimes make, um, uh, fan art of Derby, which was so exciting for me. Like I, I had never really had that experience. Um, and there was one where it was the shift from Hexer to, uh, dual, well, I don't know if it was to dual wielding quite yet, but definitely to Claymore. Um, where someone basically drew Derby, it was a beautiful picture, uh, Derby walking and kind of discarding the Hexer, uh, equipment and picking up the Claymore kind of in a, in a great sort. Yeah. 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 That was really good. Um, God, uh, it's been so long. I don't, (laughs) I don't recall who, who did it, but like, it was, it really was like incredible. And like, it was a moment where I was like, oh, like this character isn't just real to me and Diaz like a bit. Like people are picking up on this too. And that was that was kind of like that was a that was a neat moment because it felt a little more like telling a more complicated story at that point. No, and that's and that's one of those moments where like, you know, with Booty Bandit, I realized when people were starting to resonate with Booty Bandit and you know, they would like, you know, at me or they would like say things like, you know, it's like, you know, our name is Booty Bandit and we fish with our hands. Um, or like, you know, they would, they would like, you know, tweet out like, you know, booty bandit, like number one cop killer and things like that. And it was just like, oh, booty bandit is resonating with the people. Um, (laughs) that's so wonderful. I never could have, you know, thought hoped for that. And then like the first time we got fan art and I was just like, Jesus Christ, I, I don't know what to say. I'm actually speechless. I never, I never like, you know, like. Like, I know when, like, you know, like, people love doing fan art of, like, Friends at the Table characters and mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm always, like, you know, and I know, like, I, I know, like, Austin and 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 all the Friends at the Table people are, like, always very, like, you know, gracious and happy and excited to see the fan art, especially because they get some incredible fan art. Um, but, like, you know, that's them creating something, like, you know, out of nothing and just, like, you right. know really really just like the incredible creative work that goes on at friends at the table and i'm just like i'm just a fucking let's player that like put a name on a blonde girl and said let's have a big sword and let's go to town girl um <laughs> you know or like I it's gave, what the people need, i made though. i made a really big burly brunette that's got dark skin and scars and like you know likes the ladies and throwing cops off cliffs like uh, but that was enough for people to really just like, you know, grab on and just be like, yeah, we're, we're, we're ride or die for Derby. We're ride or die for booty bandit. Um, <laughs> but it's easy. It's easy in some ways to be ride or die for, for, for Derby. And, um, like, I can't speak as much to booty bandit. Cause like I was, you know, I feel like I could be ride or die for, for Derby in a more organic way since, you know, I was there for it, but like for all of it, but like the, it is, it is easy. Cause it feels like I was, I was thinking about it. Like the only character I've ever felt 
connected to in the same way is like, and and this is only funny because it comes up constantly in the let's play. Like the let's play has uh, two things that come up all the time uh, uh, that are outside of dark souls too. And those two things are um, uh, uh, Elden ring and uh, final fantasy 14 <laughs> and towards the end, a little bit of grand blue fantasy, but, but uh, by and large uh, those two. And I think the, the funny thing to me about, I'm just realizing now even about the final fantasy 14 thing is the only character I've ever felt as sort of like connected to as a, you know, a secondary, you know, character out in the, in, in the world that I have created on some level is my character in final fantasy 14. Like I, to me, they are like a, a fully fleshed out person and like, I know what they would want and what they wouldn't want. And like when the game asked me to make choices, yeah, sure. I can make this choice pretty easily. Like I know exactly what my character would want. Um, and in that way, like it felt a little bit like we were, I think like one of the reasons MMOs have such an easy time bringing that emotion out is because like you are there with a community. And so you, you, you interact with people and through those interactions, you sort of like further cement your own character, blah, blah, blah. And I think like on some level, you know, having both you and I as a sort of primary community, but then everyone else who cared about the let's play and was, was responding to it with us, like as a secondary community or an extended community, rather, like it, it sort of had the same effect as an MMO and, and really like solidified the character in that way. Right. Um, I was just thinking, you know, um, when I play dark souls on my own, um, and historically I played dark souls, um, like, yeah, I have, uh, there's a, there's a tweet I did with like my, you know, kind of, uh, my most my most recent um, Dark Souls or Demon Souls through Dark Souls two characters, and it was my my three beautiful chil my three beautiful white children, <laughs> Tanner, Connor, and Derby, um, and that was the origin of Derby. By the way, was that that particular Dark Souls let's LP was 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 Derby, um, but um, it started with uh, uh, Tanner, my my big. <laughs> <laughs> big like human growth growth hormone addict uh white son um in demon souls um and like that was really kind of the extent of it was just like me going that's my beautiful white son <laughs> my big my big beautiful adult white son um or you know there there was no there's no really kind of like thought behind it i am not uh, I'm not someone who comes to Dark Souls for the role playing. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, like honestly, a lot of games, I really don't even come to them for the role playing. Like even like like Baldur's Gate and things like that, I rarely was like, oh, I'm a character, and this is what the character. Like, mm, no, um, like I can see the spreadsheet too readily for most of that. Um, if I want to role play, I'm probably going to do a tabletop game. Like that's where I'm going to do it, you know, but the, the LPs was like kind of the first time I ever kind of really had a, a, a desire to have a character in mind. Um, like previously, like if I was going to RP, I was going to do tabletop or I was going to, you know, I guess my, my final fantasy character is probably the closest I ever came. Um, and that like, you know, I remember when I first, logged into a realm reborn 
Um, and remember, I was I was an old hat with 1.0. Um, I was I was there through the betas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Um, and and so, um, Carmelita Star uh, was um, <laughs> my 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 Final Fantasy 1.0 uh, homegirl. And at the end of 1.0, when like we did the end of the world transition. Um, I, I, I initially remade her for Final Fantasy, A Realm Reborn, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> like 10 minutes into Limsa Lamensa, and I was just like, no, this is wrong. And um, yeah, yeah. just, just, just deleted. It was just like, wow. no, we're done. Um, and just nuked the character and um, started over. No, no end of the world comet tattoo no white uh raven earring none of that just <laughs> you know blank slate new carmelita um let's go and even at the end of uh, endwalker when i got to endwalker and you know i wrote my big review of endwalker where i was like this is this is like uh this is a like a really beautiful glide path to leave the game on i did kind of feel mm-hmm. like this is where Carmelita Star has ended her, you know, watch. Like this is done. Yeah. Like, um, and so I do have a new character. I'm not subscribed to Around Reborn. I don't know when I'll be resubscribed, but um, you know, um now it's it's uh Prosecco Lux. <laughs> I love your character names. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> Prosecco Lux is is going to pick up um, the mantle for, as the warrior of my warrior of light because it just like I had this sense of like no I had this adventure with Carmelita Star and Carmelita Star was just like kind of like no this is this is where I want to say you know goodbye to everything um, I feel really content wrapping this off here and it's yeah, very yeah. possible that that it, that actually was me like just being done with like, with Final Fantasy fourteen I don't know. Um, like presently, I just haven't had the impulse to go back. Um, yeah, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable. It's like, it is a place where you could, your, your, your review was 100% correct in that it was like a lovely place to off, off board essentially. And when I came out, when I, when I have been like, I've been back since then and I just kind of wandering around and it's kind of like, like, you know, my, the, I, I keep logging back in after like two months of not being in there and being like, okay, well I need to reset my my crossbars and set everything up. And then I set reset my crossbars. I check my retainers and then I'm like, okay, I log out. And then I don't log again for another month. <laughs> okay. I'm not clearly not like my heart is not invested in this. You know, Carmelita star is not invested in this. It's, it's Prosecco Lux time to shine if anything. And we'll figure that out mm-hmm. when I guess the new expansion comes out. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was, I really, I don't, I don't really make character characters in games and I don't really commit to them. If I do, I guess, you know, maybe my, um, my purple lady Hawk from dragon age two is probably the closest I ever came to committing to a character. And that was honestly just what if Han Solo was like a fucking like lesbian lush. Um, <laughs> you and you and most every fantasy writer in uh, in the 1970s main question, like it's just like 
It's the only the only way to play play a Bioware game was you know choose the purple like you know the sarcastic antagonistic options and then sleep with everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's basically what I did. And like you know, I was just like the most the most character um, that you could be. And I only mo- the only mod I made was uh, the mod to make the default character have like brown skin <laughs> because yeah. you're the whitest fucking character in the world oh yeah no 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 those yeah they, they really they they basically like i feel like they they really corrected for that in mass effect making the perfect uh liberal fantasy for for a lot of people at the same moment yeah um but like my empire has all sorts of diversity yeah and then ashley hates that <laughs> ashley hates it she doesn't like it but yeah, so so it was interesting, like having Derby as a character that, you know, did develop a uh, a kind of you know spirit uh, all her own through our kind of just playing it and playing 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 Dark Souls and you know imbuing her with the opportunity to be expressive. Yeah, I agree, and I think like you know one of the things you asked like at some point, I think this was off air at first, was like you know, well, should we play Dark Souls 3 next? And it's like, it wasn't even really a question. It was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm down. Let's do it. Because that's just the next thing Derby does or some version of Derby does. And like, and I think at the end of Dark Souls 3, it's not like we're going to then go into Elden Ring. Well, maybe, I don't know. But like, I think if we did Elden Ring afterwards, hypothetically, it would not be Derby. Like, it's someone different then. Like, there's there's an arc there and... I don't know. Like, like personally, I feel that way. Although you have convinced me that Derby does different things in in many ways that have that have felt very real at the moment. So I I I could be convinced otherwise. But like, there is. I've always been bad at just because I'm I'm bad at this in my in my own life of like coming up with what I want out of things. I'm like very bad at coming up with motivation for characters I make up. It's always very simplistic. It's not super interesting. It would be something I'd never read. Like if I'm asked to role play, I'm I'm very dutiful and and do my best when I in like D and D or whatever. I I try to add something to the whole thing. Um, the one the one time I think I succeeded was in a, a Call of Cthulhu thing where I played with a friend of the show, uh, fr- friends of the show, uh, Graham um, and. Uh, and Michael Creel and, and his his wife, um, where I just rolled like a one on uh, appearance and just played like the nicest bumbling ugly person. I was like, this is great. I I'm gonna be like everyone, you know, just like truly, truly a, a, a like because it's since it's called Cthulhu, there's all sorts of like you know exaggeration as far as that goes. So it's like, oh, this is fun. I can I can do this. But like I usually just pick one thing and play towards that and then, you know, problem solve or try and figure out how to get through the dungeon. I'm not good at at deciding like, ooh, what what would this hypothetical character want? And I want to be good at that. And on some level, Derby, I can I can almost get there with Derby, or I can get there with Derby when I'm doing it with you. And I think part of that is just like I've never felt connected to like a setting and a character in the same way, which is really interesting because Dark Souls would not be where I thought that would happen. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, you know, a, a, a big factor there is that in dark souls, you are so there is a remove, like there is a connection to it, obviously. Yes. But like, there's also this kind of remove where being, 
a lot of role-playing games require you to be a part of the setting. Yeah. You know, like if you are a member of the Forgotten Realms, you know, like you're going to have to be like, oh, and my character like grew up on the mean streets of, you know, so-and-so town. And like, I, I, I don't even, I, I'm like, they picked Forgotten Realms because that's what everyone uses. And I'm like, I don't remember Forgotten Realms because I hated Forgotten Realms as a setting and I refused to like play in it. Um, but like, you know, you have to kind of be, find a way to enmesh yourself in, in the party of other people and in the, the world that you're inhabiting and tie yourself to proper nouns in a way that Dark Souls is like, Nah, you're a fucking you're you are the most you are the most outsider you can get. Um every other right. game Dark, thinks you're an outsider. Yeah. No, you are a fucking outsider. You are the chosen undead. You are an outsider. You don't even know there's two bells, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're both you're both an out you're an outsider because you don't know what, what's going on. You need your friend, the the saddest person in history, to tell you there are two bells based in a story yeah. you heard, but also you're at the same point, the most important undead. And so it's like everyone <laughs> kind of has a chip on their shoulder about you. So no one likes you that much or no one trusts you that much or everyone is kind of wants to keep their distance on some level. And also you have no idea what's going on. It's like, well, I guess the old, it reminds me of like when my, my dad was like, uh, I was probably like eight or maybe a little older, maybe it was in like his 11 or 12. I'm not sure when this was, but he moved. And apparently he was very shy when he was a kid, which is not like him at all. Um, he's a very outgoing, gregarious person. And um, his mom basically said to him, my grandmama said to him like, okay, here's your chance to like totally reinvent yourself. None of these people know you. They don't know who you are. So you could be whoever you want right now. Like if you want to be like a gregarious, confident person, you could be like, it, you know, there's there's no risk. They they don't know. And he just decided he would be. And it kind of went from there. But like, that's kind of what it is where <laughs> where you're like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm I'm the chosen undead, I guess. And I get to decide what that means. And that is like it is sort of a blank slate in the sense of like you have to bring something to it or else you just are lore dumping, which is one way to do it, but not the way we were doing it, it by any means. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I think part of inventing a character like Derby is, you know, you you are responsible for, like, you know, and Dark Souls is very build-heavy, right? Like, you know, you have the idea of mm -hmm. uh, you need to invest your points and stats and so you can do the thing. And really, you're just investing points and stats so that you can use something. It's right. not like, you know, as long as you get the bare minimum to use something, that's enough because the game is going to give you other options. Like, uh, it really comes down to you, like, you know, the, the tight night shards on your weapon is what really changes the damage, you know, modifier for you. Um, yeah. That's how you can be a play. You can, you can play soul level one and not spend seven hours fighting a boss doing chip damage. Um, because as long as you get that, that sort of to like plus 10 or whatever, you're, you're fine. Like you can, you can do whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Like one hit will kill you. But like, really by the end of things, Derby was taking two hits and that was it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean like hit and then, you know, you slash, slash, slash and either dodge or stagger 
and then slash 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 and the thing's dead. Yeah. Like if it's chunky. And if it's not chunky, it's slash and it's dead. You yeah. Know? Like there's 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 very little in the way of like stats only get you so far, despite the fact mm-hmm. that like there is this kind of primacy of investing in your character, blah, 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 blah. Um, investing in your character with souls is almost more of a buy-in for yourself. Like it is a vehicle by which you can say, oh, well, I spent, you know, I spent a lot of effort getting yeah. these souls. You know, I had to kill this boss. I had to fight through this whole, like, you know, corridor. You know, this tower gave me 20,000 souls, but I had to fight all these guys inside this tower. And I had to make that one run to the end of the corridor that had the fire traps. And I got the, there was a, the, the soul of a large, brave knight. And I got it. And that's like worth like 5,000 souls right there. But I've got all these souls now. I'm going to put them, I'm going to invest them in my character. Yeah, it is. It is very much like human capital. Cause you're like, what's the thing that bothers me the most about my character? What's the thing that like this last time through, I, I just like, I, I remember it in um, the first time I was playing the game in, um, oh, why am I forgetting the name of it? Uh, uh, Sense, Sense Fortress. Um, getting through it and being like, I really don't like, that it was like super hard for me to survive all those attacks. I'm going to beef up my strength so I can put on this, like the big armor. And I spent my points there and it's like, yeah, now I feel better about that. I earned that. Um, And with Derby, it felt like we were able to, and I don't know if this is where you're going. So tell me if it's not, but like it felt in some ways, like it was like, yeah, but it doesn't super matter other than like, how can we keep her from dying as much? Once it became like, you know, luxury points, essentially. It was like, yeah, what do we think feels right? Endurance, I guess. Or like, <laughs> you know, we don't need anything in faith. Derby doesn't care anymore. Like, we just need something in, <laughs> we need something in like, uh, something in strength because that's, that's what she does now. And it's like, it, it did feel like less about us and more about like furthering the narrative in a certain way. Yeah. And like, I mean, that was the thing is, you know, when we started, we started it, you know, it was, okay, we are, you know, we get, you get, you get the frame story for Dark Souls 2, uh, or like I said, the introduction, not really frame story. Um, mm-hmm. You get the introduction and it's, you know, you're kind of wandering through the woods and you've got this, 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 this kind of crone narrating about how you're going to forget everything, everything that was important to you. And we get this image, you know, the flashing images of, um, you know, kind of a, a little house with, uh, you know, a, a spouse and a child, and they're kind of fading away and melting. And then there's the, 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 you know, the crone who, <laughs> the, the absolute ripoff of the kind of one scene with the, um, <laughs> the, the crone from Throne of Blood, yeah, um, and, and, uh, which is yeah. I mean, it's, literally, it's this, the crone this from Throne spider. of Blood by way of Macbeth. Yeah, exactly. It's literally, like, it's, it's literally the crone from Throne of Blood. Like, there's even the spider on the wall as it pans to the left. Um, like, if you if you go look, you can find the scene, and it matches up like absolutely 100. percent It's great. Um, oh yeah, I love it. It's so it's, good. It's really good. Um, which of course, uh, Throne of Blood uh is is uh kurosawa's adaptation of macbeth yeah um but like 
which is an interesting thing to do for Dark Souls. <laughs> it's my way of introduction. Um, but fitting. It's very funny because like Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls. Demon Souls has well, no, both of them. Both of them have a king, but neither king is Macbeth. And I, I guess you could argue that um Aldea is Macbeth in um in Dark Souls 2, but Vendrick isn't. Like it 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 the Dark Souls games aren't really Macbeth games. They're not really Shakespeare games. They're they're a lot more kind of like um they feel a lot older than that. Like the stuff that Shakespeare was drawing on to make more complicated stories. Yeah. They're, 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 they're like, it's really weird in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I think, I think it is weird because like on some level, it kind of helps explain the way that we were so immersed in the idea of the lore, like the, the descriptions on the souls and stuff like that. But also how I think we had just as much fun doing interpretations of the well, even more fun doing interpretations of like the friezes and the art on the walls and the the architecture, because it's like, yeah, the 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 lore is there, but it feels somehow it feels in the same way that like you would take something like the the uh, not child Roland. That's the that's the Byron poem, uh, but like the Roland story or um Gilgamesh or, or or anything that's old, right? Like Beowulf, whatever. Um, and try and say like, okay, so like what's canon about Beowulf? It just it doesn't feel right. Like it feels like the wrong question to ask. Whereas with like, you know, souls, that's always what people are asking. Like, what's canon? Like who, who was, who was Gwyn's third son? Um, and the, the bigger question to me and in, in thinking about something that like sort of elemental, like, like, like a, a classic epic or like a national epic is like, how is this made and what does that tell us about the people who made it? Um, and that's, I think one of the lenses that I really most enjoyed looking at the world of Drang Lake with, with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Cause like I think about, you know, when people, when people do their dark souls, deep dives, they go, they, they go for the explicit text, right? Like mm-hmm. they go for right. the, the, they, they go for the text of the text, as it were. Um, <laughs> and so they do. They, you know, you know, the the bodies uh, and the armchair bodies of the world. Um, th- oh, to be an armchair body. <laughs> they are the ones who look over dialogue. They look over item descriptions. And like, we did that too. And we had a lot of fun with that. And we had a lot of fun reading between the lines and comparing the two and, 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 going places with our out with our combined outside sources, um, you know, and bringing those to bear on the text. Um, But then I think, you know, just as much fun as like, you know, the way in which these games, so like, you know, I'm thinking about like final fantasy and when final fantasy makes a town, like, there is this, there is, there is, you know, ever since Final Fantasy, like, kind of eight, there is, and like to some degree, and then parts of Final Fantasy seven, but really Final Fantasy eight, there is this sense that all that they really want to do is kind of keep remaking these, like, Antoni Gaudi, like, towns. <laughs> like, like, it's like, everything is Park Guell. Yeah, that feels right. Um, you know, it's just like these, like, you know, these, these, like, 
intense, you know, uh, like these, 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 these naturalist, like, you know, technology, tech, very technological, but like naturalist approaches to architecture that are, you know, like, you know, very like mythologic and iconographic, but like very just kind of organic and lively. And, you know, even like the, the, the fonts when they get there, it's like, it's like kind of like, you know, very like, what if God D was told to invent like the Thai script language, like, <laughs> like things like that. Like, and it's yeah. very much like, okay, you, 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 your artist just went balls to the wall to create like the most like fantasy ass shit they could think of. Yeah. And like, they made a seaside town that just basically was what if Park Goel was a seaside town, which, you know, it's a little bit back from the sea, but you could get there. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's 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 close enough, all right. Uh, but like you know, the Catalan modernism is, is what is what Final Fantasy thinks of, um, or like ex- this extreme kind of like you know uh, technological nightmare uh, maximalism, uh, right? Or were the kind of the modes that it operates in? But then like Dark Souls is very kind of you know when they when they make those little like kind of the 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 weird little graveyard kind of spaces where we summon people in yeah. in the DLCs and they have those kind of like, this weird uh like you know uh, gravestones almost it's kind of like uh megalithic gravestones um those feel very purposeful and and mm-hmm. we both kind of picked up on and it's you know there is a question of whether it was purposeful or not. Like I know like a lot of the grave texts, they just went and found text that was on gravestones. And like some of it's like, you know, from Pol- like a grave in Poland, they found a Google image of, and some of it's from like, you know, so like just random photos in books that they just yeah. scanned and then just made a UV map and slapped on it and said, we're done. We've got gravestones. Um, but it feels much more like there is intent behind it and it's, asking us to read into it and to talk about it and to like discuss it in ways that I think a lot of the Dark Souls community often doesn't think about, you know, sure. I know like, I know the grave, the grave text is a a thing because people were like, oh, there's actual text here. We could Mm -hmm. read this. What does it say? Oh, it says it's nonsense because it's, you know, backwards Polish that's been truncated and like, you know, doesn't mean anything yeah but like you know we can look at the you know we can look at the architecture and we can say you know okay well okay what what is this drawing from at the very least like you know and i think final fantasy when they make the seaside town that's park well they are saying something about this world you know they are saying something about its relationship to the natural world they're saying something about its relationship to capitalism they are saying all sorts of things but ultimately it's just like this looks pretty well yeah and that's a big part of it right like it is it is a final fantasy ultimately is a uh it's ultimately about like things that are aesthetically pleasant yeah uh, in some ways or or compelling where whereas like sometimes in dark souls things aren't aesthetically pleasant in the way that like not just like ooh, this is scary but like it may not even look interesting or it may feel like, Oh, this, this just feels like a hallway or something like that. And I think like part of what 
part of what gets like kind of written out of of like some of my some of the readings of Dark Souls when they're looking at those those liminal <laughs> liminal spaces, maybe <laughs> let's go. Uh, when they're looking at those, it's like, yeah, on some level, like you know, you're you're kind of looking at you're kind of looking at a space that is a little dull or a little like you know less interesting than the uh, perhaps like another gripping space would be but like it is it it like because you yourself are engaged with it as a reader right um it's sort of like the ultimate reader response kind of like text in that way where you're just like well i'm expected to live in this world what do i think about it like why why is this interesting or not interesting to me as a as like a denizen of you know drank lake like you know this hallway where the king ostensibly is like buried or interred why should i care why shouldn't i care and um that answer isn't always in like the the um you know the uh the the item text uh sometimes you have to come up with it yourself sometimes you have to look at it and be like that's weird. In this Grecian town, there looks to be these classical friezes and there's monsters and dragons living with other people. And like, even if none of this is intended by Miyazaki or whoever picked up the art, like it is in the world and we can interpret it because we also are in the world. Right. I mean, like, I'm thinking about like in Dark Souls one, um, there is the, and you go to Anne Orlando and Anne Orlando is this beautiful neoclassical or no, no, no it's this very like you know high gothic city and there's you know everything is like very whitewashed and mm-hmm. you go into the the main cathedral space and there is the wainscoting <laughs> we're talking mm-hmm. about the fucking wainscoting <laughs> for real but there's that's right you can see the lime washing of it. You can see the texture where there is actual like flax that's pressed into it that is part of the wall that's being like, you know, made here. And like, there's like, you know, there's like the little chair rail that runs across the top of it. And you can see all of that detail. And that is so important because Anne Orlando is ultimately an illusion. Everything that is happening in Anne Orlando is bullshit. You know, uh, Guinevere, not fucking there. She is magic. She is magic conjured by this like, you know, sad little transsexual that like is often like, you know, the corridors who's like mad about everyone abandoning them. And like, you know, misses his sister and like is, you know, maybe wants daddy to come back. I don't know. Like there's... uh, Gwendolyn is very confusing to me. And if you if you haven't listened to to Dia and Dia's Let's Play on on Gwendolyn, uh, you should. <laughs> I am uh, I have I have so many thoughts about Gwendolyn. She has um, many feelings and Gwendolyn, thoughts. About, not a lot of them kind. Gwendolyn's transness, Gwendolyn's uh, complications via the 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 whole Gwendolyn trans reading. I have a lot of opinions about Gwendolyn uh, as a trans woman. Um, let's be clear. Um, and I have a lot of, you know, questions about Gwendolyn as a reader of, of texts and Dark Souls player and um, from a lore perspective and a mythological perspective and a uh, perspective that, you know, reads, uh, you know, historical texts and mm-hmm. understanding of things where, where Gwendolyn comes from. Um, but there's so much that is fantastical and illusory 
about Anne Orlando. But then it's you can see the individual flax, you know, the 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 fibers of the of the the wainscoting, and you can see that where a hand has taken a trowel and made a swipe, putting it on the wall itself. And mm. it's such a physical thing that if you don't stop and look at it, if you just gamer your way through it, thinking about it as a map, or even like if you don't pay it, you know, you just kind of like, you go, oh yeah, wow, it's real fancy in here, ain't it? If you don't <laughs> stop and really look at the texture that is, but the effort that has been put into that texture and that effort has been put into that texture, then you are missing so much about the fact that no, 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 this is a very physical place. Yeah. This is not just pure illusion. This is a very physical place. And that, you know, there is this act of illusion that has happened to it. And what does that mean? Go, go unpack that. Spend your time on thinking about, you know, the nature of like the physical versus the illusory and what that means in a fucking game like Dark Souls. Right. And I think like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an urge for a lot of, I feel like for a lot of players to be like, well, look, like, it's a it's a choice made by the devs to, to you know do it one way or the other right like oh they had to they had to pick some they had to pick some like um, uh, texture for the wall so like why not this like why should we pay too much attention and it's like yeah I guess they did but it is in the game now like it's it's there so why not account for it yeah and that's the thing it's like okay well there's like you know it's like oh. Whenever someone says something like, oh, it's, it's you know, um, it's a texture from uh, a market, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the Unity marketplace or whatever, right? <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, but there's like 5,000 textures on the Unity marketplace. Like, <laughs> why did they pick that one? Why, yeah. yeah, why did they pick, of all the fucking trees on the, on the Unity marketplace, they picked this one and then they very prominently put it right here where you're going to see it. There's a reason Pro behind. Probably no reason. Probably just because it was fun. Like it's like, oh, well, it was a cheap one. It's like, okay, but there's a lot of them that are under like five dollars, and like, okay, they had a budget of like, you know, like two million dollars, twenty million dollars. Like, let's let's be real here. Come on, let's go. For it. Let's, let's let's really think about this. Well, it goes back to the it goes back to some of the the questions that I think people like often bring up when they're when they're doing. Um, uh, serious reading and like people will will challenge them on where it's like oh like you you don't you know you 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 think that you know dickens meant this or uh, dickens is a good example just because he's on my mind because tilly my daughter is uh i think as an as a way of trying to make herself like prove to people that she's very special and smart and she is very special and smart but you know how kids kids do this i, I assume uh people have been a kid before um, she's trying to, uh, she's trying to read Dickens. Um, it's not, I mean, you know, it's, it's going how you'd expect. She's, she reads it a little bit and goes, huh. And then doesn't want to keep reading great expectations at uh, nine years old. Um, which look, I get, um, but, uh, she, um, you know, in, in uh, Dickens, I think is an interesting example because people will say, you know, classically like, oh, you know all these words are just, you know, Dickens got paid by the word. So that's why they're there. And it's such an annoying thing to say because you're just like, yeah, okay, that, that is a condition of it, but the words are here and we like these novels for some reason. So like, 
figure out why they make any sense. Like, what do you have to say about them? And it's the same thing here. It's like, yeah, there's there's external forces that come into making these games. Like we we actually have to debunk the the Miyazaki as auteur thing and say, yeah, there's tons of external forces going into the making of this game. Um, why does that matter? And if you can't if you can't come up with an answer for that, then you probably should just like stay away from close reading. And that is, you know, that's like even like the thing with with Dark Souls 2 is that it had a troubled development cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying very much so. Like, like that was we we talked about that a lot when we were doing the let's play where it was like you know was this where he was working on on uh, Bloodborne because because he was uh, he was he was yeah. out working on Bloodborne and like that's where you get like you know you know um because it Dark Souls two was directed by um, Tomohiro Shibuya and Yui Tanamura um who don't get the credit for Dark Souls two that they really deserve because Dark Souls mm-hmm. two is fucking wild. Um, but like, you know, the, the leads on that were not the leads on Bloodborne because, and Miyazaki really wanted to go do Bloodborne and Miyazaki was off doing Bloodborne and, you know, kind of had to like, kind of become back and be like, oh no, blah, 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 blah. And there's like all this back and forth and no one, no one really knows. Like there's lots of speculation. I've never read much in terms of. Miyazaki and Tanamura and Shibuya like coming together and being like, this is what we did. This is what happened. You know? mm-hmm. um, there, there is none of that. Um, well, they love their, I mean, Miyazaki loves his, uh, his mystery <laughs> in, in, in his work, like loves to, loves to, loves to have mystery in there um, for sure. But like, you know, even like, you know, Dark Souls Two is where you get Yuka Kitamura coming in to record some 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 soundtrack, uh, mm. versus you know uh, Matoi Sakuraba who did the first soundtrack and then kind of predominantly did Dark Souls Two. But then Dark Souls Three, you kind of get Yutaka Kitamura, uh, Yuka Kitamura, who did Bloodborne, um, kind right. of uh, really stepping in up front, and I think you just get like a little bit of Matoi Sakuraba. Uh, um, in Dark Souls 3. Um, but that's where, you know, that's where Miyazaki comes back in. And, like, Tanamura comes back in a little bit, but, you know, um, uh, Tomohiro Shibuya is, like, you know, is not director on Dark Souls 3. Um, right, and I mean, these are, like, these are fantastically complex teams. I mean, no matter how you, how you, like, I think just, like, that that history right there, even if we can't pin it down, right, it's, like, you know, the 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 quality of just having to say, like, OK, you know, these people worked on these games, these people worked on these games. So we're going to, like, chart where Miyazaki was and what he was doing at this point. It's like, no, there's like a lot of authors here. You can't just like point to an article and say, like, ah, the genius said this um, because it, it, it's not real. Like, it's 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 the same idea of like looking at a, a school of poetry or something and saying, like, oh, you know, the, the most prominent member said this thing. Like, yeah, you got to kind of go beyond that at this point. Yeah. If we go, we go back, like, you know, far enough, like when we think about like from software and where from software is from, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, like, I'm trying to remember, did, when, when did, you know, because like Miyazaki wasn't the director of the Kingsfield games, which are the closest 
you know, direct descendant to Dark Souls. Right. Um, like, you know, he did Demon Souls. And that's where, you know, his rise really comes. He was a, I think he was a designer for Armored Core originally. Um, that's right. I think like that, around, that. like around, yeah, he did, he directed Armored Core 4, I think was his thing. And then um, he like, he don't, did, was he director? Yeah, he was director on Demon's Souls. But like, he was one of those things that was like, they were doing a project that was like a Kingsfield-like and he got like hype about it and was like, I want in. And then it became all kinds of fucked up. And he jumped in and was like, turned out to be a good project manager and a good director mm. and like kind of took it over. And then it became, you know, the, the big Miyazaki directing project that like launched his, you know, career and kind of led him to being this like quasi auteur figure. Um, right. With, with Demon Souls and then Dark Souls. And, but like, it's, it's there, you know, my, my, my comment, you know, the Dark Souls 2 is a palimpsest, you know, like it is, it is, it is extremely a palimpsest, but it's also a palimpsest of our directorial vision and, and composer, you know, like the, and, and, and in terms of composers and in terms of design, like there's so much that it is just layers upon layers upon layers of things stretching all the way back to Zelda 2 Link's Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is where Dark Souls comes from. Um, and it has nothing to do with Hidetaka Miyazaki. Um, right. And I, I like part of part of what makes Miyazaki a good director, like I, I think like in some ways, like a better director than uh, I mean, this is this is controversial in its own way, I guess. But like a better director in some ways than like, you know, your your Kojima's is like he is very interested and he knows sort of his role in, in selling the sizzle and the steak or the sizzle, I guess both. Yeah. Where like you sell both, you sell one or not the other, you sell both. It's really up to you. Um, but you know, he's, I think like a lot of these interviews that people love to cite where he's like, ah, as a child, I read like books that were not translated. I mean, this is like part of the mystique. Like it's part of like why people care about these games is like this, this deepening mystery about it. And I think like there's a reason he's like run out in front of all these people and says like, ah, yes, mystery, the, 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 the birth of tragedy uh, all the time. And like, I think part of it is because he kind of understands like, yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, this is like PR. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm helping the games have like, you know, their, their verve. Um, Well, it's, 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 it's myth-making. It is, it is. And he is part of that myth-making and like, and, and Dark Souls is all about, you know, kind of fuzzy mythologies. Like the mm-hmm. Cam, uh, Cameron Kunzelman and I have talked about this, and I think it's in Cameron does a has a good piece about it, um, uh, a, good, a good Dark Souls piece uh, on Waypoint. Uh, that kind of pack unpacks the the idea of like w- being a good summon in Dark Souls mm. and the responsibility of being a player who volunteers to help. Um, but it it kind of gets into you know. Uh, Miyazaki's story about being caught in the blizzard in the car and seeing people helping each other along the way. Like, you know, like it's a great story. It's I a mean, great that, story. It's, it's a, a great story. It's a really fun story. It's a very quotable story. It's very, you can like look at, you know, you can, you can point to Dark Souls and be like, ah, and Miyazaki, see when he invented the, the multiplayer in this game, he was in a blizzard and he saw people helping and like, 
that Karen uh, game, you care what I'm talking about. It's not how multiplayer, it's not how, it's not how cooperation works in Dark Souls. That is no. not the process by which you are multiplaying. You're, you're doing multiplayer and co-op. It's so funny. But this story is so just readily quotable and it just works so well as mythology. And like, it's the thing of like, you know, the Dark Souls item descriptions, you know, they're evocative and, but they're not explanatory. They don't like a lot of times they don't even really match up all that well with what you just experience, no. but you just kind of go, ah, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, and, and, and the, the, the mirror night, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, that, that was that really what our experience of the mirror night? No, I don't think so. But okay. But it, it sounded good. Yeah. I think like it, there, there's like on some level. So like part of, part of my, my annoyance with like, um, I mean, I, I guess I, I lump them together because they're both considered auteurs, but part of my annoyance with like, say uh, a Kojima uh, auteur kind of person. And uh, as opposed to a Miyazaki type person is Kojima is very interested in being that auteur. Like he, he, he self-consciously uh, cultivates it uh, with, with his choice of friends and, you know, what he, what he does and like, you know, it, I mean, it's just like, it, it, it is obviously self-cultivated. I think that's, I think that's absolutely clear. Um, I think one of the things that is going on with uh, Miyazaki's stories and like what's, what's, compelling about them is that they start a and I'm not I'm not saying he's without fault. I mean there's there's certainly fault to be had, but like there he starts with like a certain kind of insight and I think assumes the audience will continue in iterating that, which the games are like fascinated with iteration. Like iteration is part of uh the I mean as you said it's a it's a palimpsest. Like it's it's the game is like deeply interested in you imagining uh, a version of, you know, the events in um, the story kind of like repeating over and over and over again. And like, I think, you know, insofar as Miyazaki is telling a coherent story, he's expecting iterations on it from the audience. And I feel like the, the general vibe in dark souls has become, you know, like, well, let's just let him, let's, let's let him handle it. He's really smart and seems to know what he's doing. Let's let this guy do it. And like, I don't, I don't get the feeling that's like what he's super interested in. I, I, when I hear these stories, I hear someone wanting desperately for like, you know, wanting to make a mythology that people care about and then want to iterate on. And uh, that iteration is just not there. No, it's, it's funny because when I, I think about that, like, and I think about one of the things that Miyazaki is actually really good at is um, understanding just how much to give the players, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, yes. it's, it's, you know, it's the paint by numbers that doesn't give you too few numbers, but doesn't, it doesn't overload you with every single teeny little number. It's, you know, he gives you just enough in dark soul and demon souls and dark souls one that like, you know, it's like, okay, here you go. Here is what you need. Here is really all that you need to start putting things together. It's, you know, um, it's like, there's like those Lego kits that the architectural Lego kits that are just like <laughs> yeah. white, it's like, it's like, you know, thousands of white blocks. Those are wild. But then there's like, kind of like, you know, there's the, like, uh, the, the technics, the Legos for like, for, for the, uh, the grown up kids. And then there's like the Duplos and like a lot of games are like Duplos, like dragon's dogma or dragon's age is like, 
Duplos. It's like, here's yeah. everything you need to absolutely figure this out. You will, you will come up with a big Lego block house when you're done with this and don't worry. Um, Elder Scrolls is like slightly more complicated Duplos. Um, it's like the, the, the Lego city set where it's like, here's clearly the picture. Here's the three different things you can make with this. Um, you've got like enough pieces that are like kind of purpose built pieces. So it's like, you can't, you're not having to sit there and like assemble like the fuselage of like a plane, the, the, the plane, the fuselage is just two blocks that you'll snap it together. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's some like a d- degree of like, you know, uh, handholding there. And then yeah. dark souls is here is the most base, the, st- the most plottingly stupid, you can't miss it stories in video games. Like it, it is so straightforward. The story, the, the narrative of dark souls is the actual narrative of dark souls. Yes. Yeah, so incredibly like, yeah, it's, it's, it's about as straightforward as you could possibly. I don't want. know if Miyazaki finds it amusing or if like, if I was like, if I was, you know, if it was me, I would be frustrated to no end that people are like, oh, the story's confusing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fucking, it's fucking right there. I literally have a guy tell it to you. Yeah, and that's part the of first the character think- you meet tells you the story of Dark Souls 2. And that's part of the reason that I that I have like a kind of like I have a respect for Miyazaki as like a storyteller and not like, oh, I'm like the most brilliant auteur guy. Cause I'm sure he has that that arrogance, like most directors do. But like he also is like, here's the story. Like, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a fairy tale and it has this particular story, and you can engage with that story. Um and I, I think like this isn't this isn't a way of me saying like and we we played Dark Souls the right way me and Dia like we we finally we finally did did the genius the the correct thing he he always deserved um, more so that like I think the like stopping and considering the world and and putting things together on your own is like it, it's essentially like you know, what you do with fairy tales it, outside of the kind of like mythos of like, Oh, I, I didn't know English. So I, I had to make stuff up. That's just like what you do with fairy tales. No one's reading um, old mother Hubbard or something and thinking like, Oh, this, this lady who gives her, her dog a bone and lives in like, you know, her cupboards bare and stuff like that. that that's like a pretty straightforward story. Everyone kind of knows what, what this is all about. It's like, no, it's, it's like deeply confusing. No one knows who old mother Hubbard is or why she's living where she lives or like why she like won't give her dog a bone. No one knows why there's an old woman in the shoe. Like these are all things you have to like, you bring your own traumas and ideas to, and they, they grow and that's how myth making works. Um, and I think like dark souls urges you to do that, like urges you to be like, Hey, like what do you, what do you think about, about like what happened to Gwyn? And the the sort of like worst answer you can give is, um, I, I, well, I read this in something you gave me. <laughs> it's like, well, no, I, that that's not helpful. No, it's 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 really funny because like while you were saying that, all I could think of was the first time I played mixed up Mother Goose as a child. <laughs> um, which, if you're not familiar, mixed up Mother Goose is a Sierra adventure game for children. Um, that involves uh, basically going to like the land of nursery rhymes and all of the, the mother goose kind of characters are there. And like, you know, you have to, they're, they're all, all of their, their nursery rhymes have been complicated and compromised in some way. You have to set them right. Um, and so like, 
you know, you have to put the candle back for Jack be nimble. Um, and you have to give the, the crooked man his cane or whatever. Um, but I remember playing that game and just being like, what the fuck is with these nursery rhymes? Yeah. Like what, what is, what is going on here and trying to make sense of them and just be like, what, what is, what is, what is, you know? And I was like, I was a child. This was like one of my first, you know, Sierra games. And I was just being like, what, why is, why is the man crooked? Why is he walking a crooked mile? What, what the fuck? Like, yeah, what like is going on? Why he does this bitch terrifying. live in his shoe? What is going on with this shoe? Why does what like everyone else here has a fucking house? <laughs> Why does she have so many children? Is that part of her living in the shoe? Is what if, some, something going on here? Like what what's what's happening? with what's with Jack's you know or, or, or um, Jack Spratt and his his fucking wife and like why don't they just get their diets straight? Like why don't like what? Yeah, no fat, no lean. This just doesn't seem uh, yeah. And it's like you can you can do the research to be like yeah, this is what the brothers Grimm meant. Like or here's what here's what this meant. Like it's like looking up. Um, have you ever have you ever heard like have you ever looked up like uh, where Ringer on the Rosie came from? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's and you get that, fifteen like, different reports from that one too. Right, right. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like, like uh, Tilly will tell me because again, this is like the 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 joy and trial of having a precocious child is you you just like they'll tell you stuff and you're like, oh, I remember when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> got to like, pretend that you've never heard it before, right? And then you're like, huh, let's look into that. Uh, and the the when you look into it a little more, sometimes that's where I'll end up surprising myself is like, I was, she was like, Oh yeah, it's about the black plague. And it's like, yeah, of course. That's like what everyone knows that. Then you look at it. It's like, there's no proof that it's about the black plague. It's probably about this, like seven things. And you, you stop and you think like, is it any less about the black plague now that I know it's not about the black plague? <laughs> like what do, do, do I actually have to know what this, what this is about on some level or like, does it actually like kind of not matter at all? And I think like in the way that it does not matter even a little bit um, is where we sort of find dark souls where it's like, yeah, like I, I don't, you know, who cares about how, um, who cares about the exact like delineation of, you know, the, these particular nights, like, you know, no one cares about like, you know, I don't have to find out who the father was, who the father was, who the father was to like trace, you know, the the various like katanas and 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 factions and stuff. I can meet someone out of context and put together as much or as little of that as I want to as a reader within my own interpretation. Like my what I bring to the table is just as important because these are fairy tales like that's that's just true of fairy tales. Rumpelstiltskin doesn't mean anything particular outside of your experience of it and if it does it's like 75 percent your experience <laughs> so this is this is um what you're, you're saying <laughs> i'm just thinking about um god i don't even remember what it was about anymore but it was during we were doing les mes um mm. in honors mm. english no, Naturally. no, no. I remember. I remember now. I remember. Oh my God. I totally remember. This is the funniest fucking thing because it was honors English and I was so furious. We were reading the Hobbit and it was honors English and it was like, and I just like, it was like so spiteful because like we weren't even doing like a complicated 
like, you know, discussion of it. It was just like, we were reading The Hobbit the way you'd read A Hobbit when you were like nine. And like, you know, you'd be like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's the fucking What's Hobbit. What's Gollum doing now? <laughs> but like, we had to do, we had to do like something. And I did, a, it was involved in a presentation. And I ended up doing a presentation about how Smog was wrongfully uh, like labeled the villain of the novel. And that uh, it was actually Bilbo who was, you know, uh, was corrupt and, um, you know, and kind of infected by greed and need for notoriety and acceptance. And I had this whole big speech that we had to do. Like we had to do like a five minute speech about whatever the topic was. And mine was smog was, was, was maligned. Um, and that, uh, he had, he had as much right to the, the horde, um, in the Undermountain than like, you know, that the fucking, uh, that Hobbit did. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like you could, you could, if you wanted to, you could make an argument like the dwarves had more right to it, but like, even that's like not helpful. I gave this whole speech and my, my teacher, uh, it was this, just terrible. She was an ex lawyer. Um, she just like, kind of like looked at me and it was just like, well, you know, that's not what uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was intending from uh, the book. And I just remember just kind of leaning in and just being like, yeah, but Tolkien's dead. <laughs> and then I left. I just walked wow. out of the room. That rules. <laughs> that's attention. a good, that's a good, like, that's a good mic drop. But I was just like, I was just like, I was just like, he's dead. He does not matter. And it was like, it was like the most, like, I was like, I do not care what Tolkien thinks about the fucking Hobbit. Because one, I don't care what anyone thinks about the Hobbit. I don't care what I think about the Hobbit. But if I really don't, you know, it really comes down to it. I do not care what the asshole who wrote the Hobbit thinks about it. Because it's not. <laughs> as important as my experience of reading the fucking hobbit yeah and i think like you know part of part of me always like feels like i need to push back on on that feeling that i have because I, I feel that way about the hobbit too and like i feel that way about a lot of things and i'm always like well you know i care about author intentionality in my in my criticism uh or or did when i was writing criticism but like caring about author intentionality does not mean that you have to like you have to take their interpretation of their work and say it's right you can like you can say they're making this argument and like it was a bad argument. Right. Like, well, and now I'm, I am or, like, oh, good. Oh, let's say like, I am deeply interested in what, you know, I, like, I, I'm deeply interested in what Tolkien was thinking about and what he was writing yeah. down. And like, sure. you know, when, when he was writing like the Lord of the Rings and things like that, I, I, am, I am super interested in his relationship to Catholicism and, you know, Scandinavian literature while writing the Hobbit or, and the, and the, the Lord of the Rings books. Um, the same way I'm really interested in what Miyazaki is like, was just going through when he was like, had called back to come in and like, kind of, you know, oversee what was going on in Dark Souls 2's kind of, you know, troubled development and how, and the, in the ways and the notes that he gave, like, I wish I could have access to all of these things. Like, yeah. you know, what did, what did Miyazaki come back and say? When he was like, mm, nah, fuck this, change this, you know, this isn't working. This is what you need to do to shape it up. You know, what what did he do when he first got on, you know, on day one of like taking a look at what would become Demon Souls? Um, you know, I am I'm absolutely interested in all of that. I don't weigh it like 
as you know, I don't I don't vastly weight it superior to right. the text of the game. I don't weight it superior to my own understanding of the text. It's just more text. Exactly. No, that's that's totally right. Like and 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 it, it like it sort of ends up being like, you know, if you if you understand that as the VL and Endel, essentially all you're doing is record keeping. And it, it's 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 no longer interesting. It's it's you're you're just doing the work of creating an archive, which like fine, but then you're not doing interpretive work. Like making an archive can be interpretive, but in the way that like, you know, you have to be you have to be willing to say like, well, the truth is kind of a, an interpretive problem. Um, and when you, when you say like, well, did he, or did he not mean this? Did me, what could Miyazaki have meant? You're not asking like, well, what did he bring to this that, that we can like talk about? And as like, you know, part of the text itself as more text, as you say, and like, I think, you know, I'm super interested in what he brings to it. I don't really care if he disagrees with like how I read Aldia or like the, the, the quality of it. Like if he was like, oh, well, actually all the games are about Macbeth. My response would be, I don't care. <laughs> They're not actually, yeah, and you're, you're wrong. That's <laughs> um, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Like I'm willing to say that. And like, you know, it, I think the, the concern with gamers particularly, and this is maybe like a video game concern in like in a very specific sense, is that there's this fragility of legitimacy in, in everyone's mind where they're just like, if we go back and say, maybe it doesn't matter what the, you know, the most important auteurs in our in our field think, or like maybe it's just as important what we think as as gamers or whatever, that people are going to be like, oh, so this like this thing you like just sucks then. Like it doesn't actually have a story. And the the impulse is just to be like the, the correct answer to that is to be like, well, everything is that way. It's not just this. But the the gamer impulse is to say like no, these people are geniuses and we have to come up with every single thing they said. Like it's um, like it's uh, it's like Torah, Torah study or something like that. Like, like it, it, it it's not the Talmud um, and like, you know, uh, NB, not even the Talmud, it's the Talmud. But like, you know, it, Dark Souls 2 certainly is not. And like, I think the joy of it, what I found in our Let's Play anyway, was not treating it as such and like loving the lore and having fun with the lore but not being like, okay, so like, where does this connect in our spreadsheet of lore? Um, it doesn't like, it's not really how I wanted to experience it. It was just like way more fun to experience it the way we did. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so I was just thinking, I was like thinking back to my time at, at, at preschool in the Jewish community center and actual Torah study and being like, actually they were way more into our approach to the, you know, to Dark Souls 2 when it comes to Taurus. Let's go. Let's go. I should have, I should have given, I should have given uh, the Taurus study more credit because I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of people basically doing the LSAT with it. I should probably should have said the LSAT because uh, as I found like talking to, to, you know, the, the few sort of like authorities, uh, not extreme authorities, but like anyone who knows anything about Talmud or, or, or the Torah, like they're, they're pretty chill about it. <laughs> like they're, they're just like they're really smart. Um, it's the same thing. Like I, I, I find like the the times I've enjoyed myself talking to priests or pastors have been when they kind of like they're willing to kind of like put aside their their like folksy like well you know what like we're just happy to have you here and the spirit spoke to you and blah 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 and like be like you know I'll, I'll be like in your sermon like you know I'll go to like my my in laws church I'll be I, there was a one of their pastors before he passed away was a really smart guy 
And he was very hesitant to ever put aside that sort of like folksy, like evangelical, um, you know, approach to getting people in the pews um, and judge them. But like he, he'd say, he'd say something interesting. That, that's interesting. So like, what do you feel about like Pauline conversion theory? And he'd be like, well, um, and he clearly have thoughts on it. And if you could like tease those out, they'd be really smart. And it's like, yeah, just like people who spend a lot of time with a text are smart about it. Even if they, even if they don't want to be, they have like deep, interesting ideas, even if they're embarrassed by them. And I think like Dark Souls 2 is the most earnest and embarrassed game in the theological sense that I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we got to the wholehearted agreement. So I think I think that means I've kept you long enough. Dia. We're gonna be doing Dark Souls 3 pretty soon. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, where can people find this stuff? Where can they find the archive of this if they're hearing this episode and thinking, I must catch up with this Derby character? Well, if you go to youtube.com forward slash at sign Dia Lacina, D-I-A-L-A-C-I-N-A, you can find all of our Let's Plays together, um, going back to Dark Souls 1. Um, it's all there under the playlist. There'll be a playlist for You Have a Friend in Majula, which is our Dark Souls 2 LP. Um, and you can watch it all. Um, it's 89 hours long. Um, <laughs> I assume if you, I guess, you know, you could start it now and you would be done in time for... Uh, presumably we're going to start Dark Souls 3 next week. Uh, I actually had to, I just realized, and I'll, I'll say it on here, it's going to have to be two because I realized I'm out of town next Thursday. So now you have two weeks. Well, that's good because it gives us time to um, get this episode out anyway because you're not, I was like, you're not, you don't have the turnaround time that I do, baby. No, I don't know. I, I can't, you and uh, Justin, my uh, my co-host on, on The Dirty Inning, have turnaround time that I like, I cannot even understand like Justin and I'll record one night. He'll seem like shattered because like he's tired. He's like, OK, man, thanks, man. Thanks for being here. It'll be up 7 a.m. the next day. Like I'll, I'll record with you and like end at 1 30. You'll be like, all right, Trevor, good night. And like it'll be up at 7 a.m. The next. I'm just like, what the hell are they doing? How do I do this? The key Different is to do um like with me, it's just OBS. And I've like basically got to the point where our audio is good enough um straight out of the gate so that like i can just you know snip the ends off slap the um you know i'm gonna have to come up with all new end credits for dark souls 3 i'm very excited to see what they're gonna be fucking hell god i don't even know fuck me i have an extra week and i do thank god i have an extra fucking week because jesus that's gonna be hard um I don't, I don't really like I it's funny because I feel like I really know Dark Souls 3, but also I really don't feel like I know Dark Souls 3. It's just that um, it's just the newest one. It's, it's the freshest one because it, it, it came out the most recently. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah. Wow. OK, well, now you have you have your marching orders um, and you'll all get to see what that looks like. I mean, this will come out before before this is out because this will be the next Wednesday episode. So this is exciting. Um, and yeah, youtube.com slash Dia Lucina. And, uh, you know, go support Dia on her Patreon. I believe that's patreon.com slash Dia Lucina. Yep. Um, it's all Dia Lucina, so it's easy to find me or block me, depending on what you want to do. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> no. no I am perfectly content not being people's cup of tea. Um, 
You that's, know, if, if people reason. don't want to see me so. on like on the internet, like that's fine. Cause like, a lot of times I don't want to see them. Like I'm just like, mm. um, I wish more people like kept the same name between platforms. So it's like, I'm not suddenly surprised by having to see someone who like, I hate, I'm like, I hate you. And I never want to see your face. Um, and then suddenly it's like, oh, you have a completely different, uh, at on, on co-host. God damn it. Why am I seeing, why am I seeing you? Um, to piece it together like memento. Like, yeah, it sucks, man. I hate it. Not so with Dia. Dia always will let you know. Um, well, Dia, thank you for being on as always. Uh, just a pleasure. And, uh, I will talk to you soon. Like in in a couple of weeks, we'll start Start a new journey. We know what we should do before we go. Estimated deaths for Dark Souls 3. Ooh, good question. Um, now let's see. What did we end? We ended up 420 something for yeah. for for Derby. Um, hold on, I can pull it up real fast. It's right over here in my do 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 assets, Majula. Yeah, let's see. Death count. 423. Uh was Dark Souls 2. Um I don't remember what Dark Souls 1 was, but it was not that many. It was like in, it was only like a couple hundred. I, think. I do not think it's going to be as high. I really think Dark Souls 2 is going to be. Yeah, Dark Souls 1 was 143. So we had wow. a nearly 300 death increase. <laughs> I mean, part of that. 290, were, were, I think. 290. Yeah. <laughs> 290. There are some. To, to, to borrow your parlance, there are some true dick slaps of, uh, of, of bosses in that. Like. There are some bosses that will absolutely ruin your day in Dark Souls 2 that are not the same kind of ruin your day as in Dark Souls 1. And I know, despite from despite never finishing it, I know that Dark Souls 3 has those bosses as well. I just think it's shorter. So I'm going to say 275 deaths. Okay, 275 deaths. I'm going to say, because Dark Souls 3 is Bloodborne era Miyazaki. Yeah. And Bloodborne um, really fucks me up. Um, so I am going to say also I'm cocky now. Um, and I don't, and I don't have a sense of Derby for dark souls three yet. We'll have to find out who Derby is in dark souls three, but we had to do that for dark souls too, too. So, mm-hmm. hmm. yeah. uh, I'm going to say actually 522. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Like I'm going that. higher on that one. I think, I think we All will right. die more. This is exciting. I'm excited to see who's right about this. What a fun time we'll have playing Dark Souls 3, um, a game that I remember not being that fond of. Um, I have I have somehow, with the help of my friend Dia, tricked myself into really enjoying uh, having uh, staying up very late every Thursday and recording uh, a video series. I like I've I've succeeded in tricking myself into having it be the best part of my week. So uh, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to you coming on again for for the Dark Souls three uh, recap, and probably before that, the Flower, Sun, and Moon. Uh, yeah, recap. yeah, because we'll yeah. definitely do that as an interlude with our Dark Souls time. I would think so. I can't imagine we're going to be done Dark Souls three before you know twenty twenty five. Slam through that one real fast. Yeah, just oh, this is easy. It's like thirty hour game. Look, I know there's at least an, a, a repeat of Anne Orlando, and then I haven't fucked with the DLC, but I know. Th- what, what I did of the DLC really was like a punch in the deck. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but like complaints about the DLC. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that's like. Yeah. Well, fun with that. Thank you for having me on Trevor. This is all. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being on.
Always, yes. All right. Well, I will talk to you all soon. Talk to you soon, Dia. And uh, yeah, take care. Yeah. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to. 